Thank you for joining us for Revive the Drive, a ministry of the Bethany Fellowship of Churches. We live in a world where time is a precious commodity. One of the avenues for reviving our souls is the necessary commute to and from the many places our schedules take us. As the wheels of the car begin to turn, join our panel and set the wheels of your mind in motion as you consider the significance and impact of theology on everyday life. Let's listen in as our pastors talk theology. Welcome to Revive the Drive. I'm Pastor Daniel Bennett. I'm joined by Pastors Rich Burkle and Art Georges. And today we're continuing our discussion of soteriology on Revive the Drive. And we're specifically today talking about adoption. What do you guys got? <laughs> no, this, we're, we're talking about adoption, about how we have been adopted into God's, God's family. We uh, recently, guys, I was reading an article uh, on, it was entitled Orphans and Adoption, Parents and the Poor, Exploitation, Rescue, and a scriptural and theological uh, uh, kind of critique of the evangelical Christian adoption orphan care movement. And that's the whole title. Uh, and as I was reading through this article, I was like, you know, that this author's making uh, some some good points here. Uh, but then, as I, I looked a little closer, I realized it was very uh, it, was, it was a very pointed critique of the evangelical orphan care movement, and, and that concerned me. Uh, and then I checked the footnotes and saw that my book had been referenced, and that really concerned me <laughs> because he was you know he's critiquing some things uh, that were in my book and some other books that have recently been published in the evangelical orphan care movement. And he said uh, he said this as, he, as he's talking about the, the adoption theology in the evangelical church. Uh, he uh, believes that the uh, original audience of, of Paul, for example, wouldn't have had in mind uh, children. It says that as they as Paul talked about adoption, they would have had in their minds young adult males who became emperors or who otherwise moved upward in Roman society through adoption. And uh, I, I disagreed with that. I, I think he makes some interesting points throughout his article, but I, I disagreed with that. And I think it's important for us to rightly understand what adoption is in Scripture and look at these passages that, that Paul uses to describe adoption and think about what's Paul's purpose in discussing ado- adoption? What are the, the implications for us that we've been adopted into God's family? What is Paul trying to communicate to us? And then what are the, the practical effects of the fact that you and I are adopted? What, what are the practical effects that that has on our lives? So maybe just first of all, in all seriousness, what do you guys got? What are some, some passages that, that deal with adoption in Scripture. I'm embarrassed to say that one of the uh, strongest passages that I think I've seen in the last several years, I didn't see until the last several years, and that is Romans chapter 5. I knew all of the others that spoke about becoming children of God, but I saw in Romans chapter 5 the necessity of actually becoming a child of God, adopted in his family through Christ, because Romans chapter 5 tells us that uh, we are uh, in Adam until we are born again uh, through faith in Jesus Christ. And so if you have not left the family of Adam, you are standing in condemnation. Yeah, and, and continuing in that Romans theme, too, it continues into Romans 8, and it actually uses the word adoption, doesn't it? It says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received a spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Mm-hmm. 
And the Spirit himself then bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And uh, um, a couple weeks ago, I had the opportunity and privilege to go to Israel and take a, a tour there. And it was fun to see some of the families as they interacted with each other and uh, to hear little children. I, I don't know conversational Hebrew, mm-hmm. um, but to hear little children uh, or Aramaic and to, to hear little children say, Abba, Abba, you know, that's mm-hmm. how that they would call out to their daddies. And um, uh, I think this passage, uh, it it references the the. Sp- very special position of being one of God's children who call out to him as a little child does to a father in absolute dependence and the loving care provision that that father provides for us now uh, that uh, that completely changes our relationship with him. Yeah, so that Romans 8 passage, Rich, I think is, is really important. It's one of the ones that I went to as I, I thought about this author who's kind of redefining adoption in Scripture, with some profound implications, what what do you think Paul is trying to do there in in Romans chapter eight? What what what's he trying to to get at in Romans? You know, Romans chapters one, two, and three are dealing with our our need for God's righteousness. Then we see how righteousness is obtained through faith in Jesus Christ. What, what's going on in Romans chapter eight? Well, he's relating to us the 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 victory that we have in Christ now, and the permanent change of position that uh, uh, is ours and that God will bring to completion all the way to the end. So, you know, at the end of Romans 8, he, he continues to just press this this theme forward with nothing is going to separate us from God's love. And he gives us that that golden chain of, of events that, that uh, God uh, brings about in our life, that uh, those whom he calls, he justifies, those he justifies, he glorifies, and and it, that uh, that nothing breaks that chain. So mm-hmm. from once adoption sets in, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is no longer a concern or a fear. It would be a concern if we were slaves, if if our relationship with God were of that nature. But it's not any longer. Right. Or, or, one of sons, or yeah. kids that he sticks in the basement. You know, you're right. a basement kid, and uh, I'll, I'll give you some food as long as I have a little right. extra or something. Right, and. and- and so that adoption uh, is is marked by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Spirit, which is so much at the center of Romans chapter 8, vic- victory in the Christian life because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, who testifies to us, reminds us that we are children of God, and we cry out by the Holy Spirit, Abba, Father. I was... Uh... Uh, impacted greatly by a book a number of years ago. I think the author's name is Jim Miller. He's he's no longer uh, here. He's in heaven now. But um, the theme of that book was on the the uh, the sonship of us as believers. Hmm. And he had a line in there uh, that encouraged us, uh, the reader, to uh, meditate on and even to to call out to God and just say, "I am not an orphan. I am not an orphan." And he he talked about how often believers act like orphans. So, for instance, anytime we worry or are afraid, we're thinking, I don't have a father who really is going to provide for me. You know, an orphan thinks that way. A child, uh, as you and I have had children, I don't think our children have probably thought, went to bed with that fear mm-hmm. of, I'm not going to have breakfast in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> because they think, I have a father. I have yeah. a mom and dad who take care of me, and I can trust them in this. Yeah. And often we have this orphan mentality that uh, deeply affects our ability to glorify God. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, we 
Whitney and I are taking uh, foster care training classes, and as we were, uh, the, the, one of the sessions they they bring in some some stu- some children who have been in the foster care system, and they ask that question. You know, have you been concerned about where you're going to get your provision? And and they replied yes. Then <laughs> that's that's a that's been a concern for us. And they asked us in the class if if we've ever had that thought. Are you worried where your next meal is going to come from, or where your clothes are going to come from? It's it's never been something that's that's really taken up a lot of my thought process because I've I've been with with parents that could take care of me. So here in Romans chapter eight that, that we're looking at as we think about adoption, um, Richie read verse fifteen, and, and it's interesting too. Um, you're, I think you're exactly right. This is a passage dealing with our, our confidence in Christ, the security we have, the permanency of our relationship. And there's also in verse 15 uh, a closeness of relationship that's that's uh, brought out by the word Abba. You know, there's mm-hmm. this this close familial relationship between a, a child and his father. It's, it's a it's a daddy. And uh, I think that the the critique that I mentioned earlier fails to really grapple with this close childlike relationship between. The, the person who's being adopted and their adopted father, God, their heavenly father. And that's what we're seeing here in, in Romans chapter 8. And uh, this this adoption hasn't been in some ways finalized. We haven't received the full benefit of it. In, in verse 23 it says, and not only for creation but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait, wait for as we wait eagerly for adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies, there's this this fullness of adoption that still hasn't taken place yet, even though we've experienced the initial fruits of it through this relationship, which which whereby we can call God our, our heavenly Father. And this theme of adoption, it's it's not peripheral to the Christian faith; it's it's central, really, to uh, God's purpose in sending His Son, and and that sort of leads us to Galatians four, another passage that's that is dominated by this uh, analogy of God's work in our lives of adopting us. He says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. And then he says, the purpose of God sending forth his son is to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption. Mm -hmm. So there's this idea of being redeemed out of slavery, purchased by the blood of Christ, so that then we now legally can be adopted as sons. He says, and because you are sons, God has sent us the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, again, using that same language, so that this is to be one of the central ways in which we think about ourselves as we relate to God. In the culture in which Paul was writing, the Roman culture, uh, this this adoption would take place whenever a, a person would uh, purchase a a son, for example, and they they purchase a son and uh, from someone, and then they they'd release him, and then they purchase purchase him a second time, and then release him, and then they purchase a third time, and that third purchase that that child became the the nobleman's son. There was a a full rights, full benefits, full privileges of of having uh, status as a son of that of that family of of that nobleman. Uh, Ephesians chapter one describes. Uh, how God should be blessed as a result of our salvation. And in verse 4, Paul writes, He chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. And so there in verse 5, you know, we 
we talk a lot about predestination and the implications of predestination, but sometimes uh, I think this idea of adoption has been overlooked theologically. Mm-hmm. The, the predestination had this object, and it was to adopt us. That was the, the purpose. Yeah, I like what Pastor Rich said about the fullness of time, the centrality of God's plan to adopt us, and that's because that, that plan was hatched in eternity past, according to ch- chapter 1, verse 5 of Ephesians. So let's uh, let's kind of talk about some of the implications for us being adopted. Uh, we've kind of already touched on on one here in Ephesians one. God's glorified through our adoption. He's he's blessed. His his name is magnified as we become his his sons and daughters. Uh, we've we've talked a little bit about about comfort. What sort of comfort do we gain in, in being adopted? That's another practical implication. Certainly, there's the issue that we've talked about, about provisions that God has promised that uh, David said in the Old Testament, I've never seen one of God's children begging for bread, I believe mm. he said. And, and so we know that God wants to provide for us. Um, there's an inheritance. Uh, we are co-heirs with Christ uh, through faith in Jesus Christ. And, uh, and so we know that we have a glorious future waiting for us no matter what uh, challenges and difficulties and suffering this earthly life presents to us. There's an interesting parallel in the U.S. Uh, legal system through adoption. Uh, whenever you adopt a child, you have to legally uh, promise that you will never disinherit them. You know, I can my other kids if they kind of torque me off. I've, I've warned him, you know, disinheritance is always an option. <laughs> no, I haven't. Uh, I would never disown any of my, my children. But uh, I can't I can't disown my adopted child. That's it's kind of an interesting uh, legal quirk. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, there's that permanency of relationship that exists. Right. And, of course, um, God is a law to himself. You know, of course, he always does what is right. Yeah. And and once he adopts a son, he, he doesn't disinherit. Uh, he uh, he keeps us as his own. And, and uh, so – the practical implication of our comfort is is a, f- a freedom from fear. We are not orphans, and and that has a thousand uh, implications. If a person is going through a time in their life where they've lost their job, uh, where they're in a relationship, maybe a marriage that's that seems to be uh, unstable and, and unwinding, uh, when there's a, a sickness, uh, when there's a death, um, a thousand circumstances in which uh, if we were alone, we would have reason to be afraid, to be very, very, very afraid. But knowing that we have a heavenly Father who has adopted us, who's cared us about us enough to buy us out of slavery and to adopt us into his family, um, then uh, when we uh, trust, embrace, and believe that for ourselves, uh, hold on to that blessing for ourselves, it liberates us from anxiety and worry and fear and all those things that plague us uh, daily. I think there's also I think we'd be remiss if we didn't also talk about the the practical implications this has for our caring for orphans as as well. Uh, we were spiritual orphans. God brought us into His family. Uh, I think as we think about how God brought us into His family, it affects how we care for those that we would bring into our families, or even just care for those who are who are familyless. Uh, just like our adoption was accomplished despite our condition. Uh, we realize there aren't children with certain conditions that we can't love or care for or provide for. Uh, just as God's adoption of us was an act of, of him alone working in our hearts, uh, we work to care for those who are fatherless. 
Yeah, remember in the Old Testament it says several times that uh, we are to treat foreigners or aliens. Israel was to treat foreigners or aliens graciously because, remember, you were once an alien uh, and, a, and a slave in a foreign land. And, and similarly, uh, God has adopted us, and, and in James chapter 1, verse 27, it tells us that the kind of religion that God esteems is to care for widows and orphans in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. So not just to live a pure and holy life, but to care for the downtrodden, to care for the ones that need uh, provision. And the passage that Rich cited earlier uh, in Romans chapter 5 reveals that that care for the for the fatherless and the widow is, is not uh, costless. It's, it's costly, and that's what God has called us to do as well. Well, our adoption is an act of God. Uh, by God's acting in our lives, we become part of his family. Uh, this adoption is is done by, by his will, by his grace, enabling us to have that security and comfort of our relationship with him. And as we become a part of his family, it gives us a, a compelling reason to engage in, in ministry and caring for others. Well, thanks for joining us on our Revive the Drive. We hope this has been encouraging to you as you continue to walk in obedience with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Ah.